In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash goodfootball and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash goodfootball, G-O-O-D-F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L. Thanks for your help. What's up, everybody? Raymond Summerlin here, your host for this edition of the Rotor World Football Podcast. I'll be joined today, as I am every single Thursday, by Rich Rebar to discuss the thir- discuss no Thursday night game. No, there are no Thursday night games. We're done with them, Rich. But we're going to talk about the Saturday night game instead. Saturday night game. We'll hit on some DFS options and, most importantly, his weekly worksheet column. Later on, Nick Minzio is going to stop by, who has all the most important starts and sits for week 16 of the fantasy football season, the most important week of the fantasy football season. I guess that's not true for you poor souls who play in week 17, but for the majority of us, the ones who do it correctly, this is the most important week of the fantasy football season. Before we get to all of that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps other people find the show, helps us in the rankings, and we very, very much appreciate it. With all of that out of the way, what's going on, Rich? Ray, we made it. Week 16, knocking on the door of Christmas. Hopefully everyone's going to put a little fantasy championship in their stocking, you know, on Sunday night, you know, because hopefully no one has to play guys in that Monday night game outside of Philip Lindsay. Um, but yeah, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, you know, you and I, and you were kind of making fun of me on how many leagues I play in. And I had 19 teams make the playoffs this year, and I'm down to three left. What a disaster these last three weeks have been. <laughs> it it has been an unmitigated disaster. And nobody cares. Hashtag nobody cares about fantasy. No. I got it. But I, I lost by 0.16 in a dynasty league where my team was just stacked. Just absolutely stacked. And I'm happy it's a dynasty league because it's going to keep going into you know into mm-hmm. the future. But it's just These are the three lowest scoring weeks of the NFL season the past three weeks. It has been it has been just so disappointing. And the guy, the, one of the people who actually made the finals in that particular league, which is one of the leagues I care about, I you know I only have like three or four I actually really care about. That one that he's been riding Derrick Henry <laughs> to the championship. Nice. I mean, like, I, what what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Rich Derrick Henry contributing to the rich history of Titans who just randomly go off in the in the fantasy playoffs. <laughs> CC Billy Volek and Drew Bennett. So yes. it's it's you know it's been we're going to talk been about a bit Henry. crazy here, Rich. We are going to talk about Derrick Henry. We you know there are no Thursday games I mentioned at the top at this week, but we wanted to preview something. We wanted to kind of keep the the format the same as it has been all season. So we're going to look at Saturday. The early game there, which features Derrick Henry between Washington and Tennessee, is absolutely terrible. Washington has an implied team total of 13 and a half points, which I don't know if that's the lowest of the year, but I mean, it's the lowest I remember seeing this year. And so we're not going to talk about that game. We will get to Derrick Henry later. However, we do want to talk about the Saturday night game between the Ravens and the Chargers because it's, you know, it's actually pretty interesting. The Chargers are four and a half point home favorites. The total is 44 points. 
I think for Baltimore's side, we kind of know everything except the running backs. For Lamar, he is what he is. I mean, you're going to mm-hmm. feel comfortable with that rushing floor against this team in particular. The Chargers defense, it's pretty good. I don't know if you're going to like his chances of having passing game success, but if he gets you 80 to 100 rushing yards and maybe a touchdown on the ground, he's going to be just fine. You're not playing any of the receivers in that offense at this point. You know, maybe someone blows up. Maybe Chris Moore randomly catches a touchdown again. (laughs) Maybe John Brown does, but you're not playing any of those people in the fantasy finals. So the real question in Baltimore is, is the backfield. And I guess how comfortable are you at this point with Gus Edwards? Not really comfortable as a road dog. I mean, this guy still has as many catches as you and I, right? So with with Lamar Jackson, he's got a target, Uh, you know, just because he's kind of in a a yardage only option that has to find the end zone for you. Uh, The touches will be there, but as a road dog, we've seen he can get scripted out of games. Uh, So, I mean, you've got to really, really hope that he he finds the end zone. I think he's more just like an RB3 flex play. Really tough to love the spot for him and the type of archetype of a fantasy producer he is. Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing about him you really have to worry about is, like, we saw Dixon play more snaps last week. You mentioned it. We know Edwards isn't going to be involved in the passing game. They're road dogs. I think this is a concerning spot for him. I think this is a really concerning spot for him. And if you're a good enough team here to to be in the fantasy finals there's a decent chance that you might have a better running back maybe not I mean he did he did have a good game last week so maybe he's the reason you're there but I I think that there there are probably other options out there and it's actually a really good week on the wire so Jamal Williams would you rather play Jamal Williams or Gus Edwards Donald Jamal Williams for sure yeah I think that's where I am too Uh, how about Elijah McGuire or Gus Edwards I think I go McGuire there too as well yeah that's kind of where we are right so I think that (laughs) they're there, there are better options. How about there. Kalen Ballage or Gus Edwards? Uh, that I think that's the range, though, right? Isn't that the range we're right. talking about? I think I would still go with Gus Edwards there. You're probably going to get like somewhere around 15 touches. They're all going to be carries, we're assuming. Uh, so, I mean, can he find the end zone? Yeah. I think it's a story <laughs> for both of them, isn't it? Yep. So, and apparently I just turned English for a while and said, isn't it? So there we go. That's what late season. That's what late season podcasts do for you. So for the for the Chargers, moving on the other side, their backfield's also interesting. They have a little more intrigue than the Ravens here, but I mean, Melvin Gordon's back. Like, there's no question about that. As we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, Melvin Gordon's back. But I know you have a you have a long running history of avoiding players coming back from injury. The matchup against Baltimore couldn't be worse, right? Couldn't be worse. So. I mean, what do we do with Melvin Gordon here? Yeah, it's a tough spot. I kind of just wrote him up in no man's land too and hedged because whatever. It's week 16 and I can. It's my article. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you are if you have Melvin Gordon and you're in your championship game, I mean, you're probably going to end up playing him because he was a big reason why you got in the playoffs, even though you won without him two weeks in a row. Um, he was kind of like having, he was like Todd Gurley light this season, you know, basically it was like just producing uh, a high floor receiving a high floor rushing and was giving you touchdowns every week. Uh, it was kind of matchup proof. So, I mean, maybe you could talk yourself into that. I mean, the Ravens did give up 85 yards to Peyton Barber last week. So that's like 135 Melvin Gordon yards. So, I mean, if we, if we transit a property that to Melvin Gordon, uh, so, I mean, you're probably going to feel okay about getting the touches. If they're going to play him, they say wheel, wheel training wheels are off. He's good to go. I mean, the touches receptions are going to be there. This is a, a team that is always thrown to their running backs. So, I mean, if you're in a full PPR league, he'll get there. Um, the, you said the matchup is bad, uh, but you're probably just going to hold your nose and play him and, ho- and hope that you get some of that uh, magic that he was providing before he got injured. Yeah. And hope that, hope that the, target share and the carry share is enough to see you through, right? But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean like because of what we've seen, we talked about Derrick Henry. Again, we'll talk about Derrick Henry later. But like 
Would you play Derrick Henry over Melvin Gordon, maybe? Ooh, baby, that would be a conundrum. Man, I think I think I might. Yeah, I was asked that in my Q&A on Tuesday, which I would advertise, but it's done now for this year. Come back next year for my Tuesday Q&A. I was asked that on my Q&A on Tuesday, and I said Derrick Henry because I just, yep. like, it sets up better for him. It's a better matchup. And what we've seen now, it's not just one week. We've now seen two weeks where they have changed their offense and they are running it through him. They should be able to do that against Washington. Yeah, I think that Derrick Henry's answer, which is, again, just highlights the, the craziness <laughs> of, the last, of the last several weeks. But, yeah. but that's where we are. We also have another situation at receiver here for the Chargers in which you know the Ravens, we know they shut down opposing passing games. They've been doing it. Keenan Allen practiced on Wednesday. It seems like he's trending towards playing, but he's going to be less than 100%. Mike Williams is obviously coming off of his breakout last week, but now that Keenan Allen is back, are we going to see him kind of recess back into that three and four catch player that he was when Keenan Allen was healthy. So like, what are you doing with this situation? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it probably, I think you damper expectations for Keenan Allen if he plays not only because the matchup, because of the injury probably move him to like a, like a fringe, like wide receiver two, wide receiver three area with expectations for more. You can get upside for more, but that's where I would kind of hold the floor in that area. And then, yeah, if, if Keenan Allen plays, and I think that Mike Williams is basically just back to being hands off. I mean, he he basically he had 31% of the targets last week, which obviously is a career high. Um, we can't kind of nose because he wasn't targeted really at all until that game, until they for, were forced to target him. It's nice to see that he can produce when forced targets, uh, but the matchup is significantly worse. The Ravens have only allowed nine touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. It's tied for the second fewest in the league. Uh, so, I mean, you're just hoping to catch a vertical ball or a touchdown with Mike Williams uh, if Keenan Allen suits up back to like just boomer bust, you know, wide receiver four flex area. Yeah, I mean, I think that even if Keenan Allen is less than 100%, what you said, Mike Williams goes back to being what Mike Williams was, and that was a player that you didn't want to play, and now he's in a terrible matchup. So it's it's one of those situations where if you went out and, you know, and, and really spent your waiver priority on Mike Williams over someone like Robbie Anderson or Robert Foster, I think you're going to end up probably being disappointed by that move, mm-hmm. not saying that was the wrong move by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that like we're at the point now where if Keenan Allen plays, and like I said, it looks like he's going to, that you're not really able to, you're not really able to use him. And that's, that's certainly going to be disappointing for sure. Looking at this, this game, it has a 44 point total. The Chargers are four and a half point, are four and a half point um, favorites at home. Do you see any value here in the betting side? And we talked about it for sure. I mean, I, I like the Chargers to win this game. I don't, I don't love the number uh, that much just because, like I said, I, we talked about it a little bit before the show, and I hate teams that play, like, great defense and run the ball well because they tend to always muck up games. You know, if the, you know if you, you get a turnover or something else like that, and, you know, you're, you're giving away more than a field goal to these types of teams, they can usually hang around. Uh, so I don't really love the number, but I do like the Chargers to win. Um, I think if I, had to, if I was to look at anything – um, I would say that the under probably is a better shot than, than me playing the, that number than I would playing either of the uh, the line. Yeah, and there as well. If I in a pick them, I would take the Chargers. I think they're a better team. They're at home. This mm-hmm. is actually a huge game for the Ravens. The Raven, like I believe, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. about this, but I, just the math that I'm looking at and looking at the schedule, this could be like an elimination game for the Ravens if the Titans win and if the Colts win, because the Titans and Colts play each other in week 17. So one of them has to win that game. I suppose that's not true anymore. They could tie, but you would expect <laughs> one of them to win that game. And so, yeah, so it's, it's an important game for them. So I'm kind of, I'm not wary of it. I'm kind of staying away from it 
But if I had to pick, I would I would just pick the Chargers mm-hmm. as well. All right, let's move on. Like we do every week, we're going to highlight a few DFS plays that we found using the new DFS toolkit over at rotorworld.com. Now, it, so you can go find it over there. A couple more weeks left to use it. I believe it'll run through the playoffs. So if you play playoff DFS, which you should, it's a lot of fun. Certainly go and do that. It gives you projections for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, including point per dollar values. And you can customize those projections based on what you want the system to weight the most. I have used the lineup optimizer all season. I really like the tool. So go and check it out. And two of the players who will show up in a lot of optimized lineups this week are Jamal Williams, who is 5,800 over at FanDuel, and Tevin Coleman, who is 4,800 at DraftKings. Tevin Coleman, by the way, another another name that you're probably starting over Gus Edwards at this point. So we talked about, we talked about Jamal Williams uh, a little bit at the top when we are talking about Edwards. He was not great the first couple weeks, but that was against the Bears and Vikings. The Jets have not really given up a ton of points, and they did just shut down the Texans running game. But this is certainly not an avoid matchup. I think it would be a game to avoid if Aaron Rodgers does not play, but it seems like Rodgers is going to play, at least at the time of recording. we're recording this. So like, you look at Williams, and what you see is a low-priced running back who's probably going to get a lot of volume. And in DFS, I mean, that's that's tough to pass up. Yeah, I mean, you saw last week he, he had 16 touches uh, for 97 yards and a touchdown against the Bears on the road. So it's significantly not a significantly better matchup against the Jets. You up until last week were just getting roasted on the ground since their bye week. Yeah. Uh, they had a good game against Houston last week after Lamar Miller left. Um, but Houston did nothing. But, I mean, it's a game that uh, where the Packers can run the football. The Packers have a rushing touchdown in six straight games, too. So, I mean, you have that to lean on, and the Jets are still 19th in rushing points allowed per game to running backs. So, I mean, you got everything, volume, touchdown, upside, you know, if Aaron Rodgers plays, and then the matchup lines up. Yeah, and that if Aaron Rodgers plays seems like a really a really important part of this because at, if he doesn't, then the only player that you're interested in on the Packers is Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams mm-hmm. cannot be stopped no matter what, no matter who he is playing. So you are you would play him, but – yeah, that, that really is an important part of this. Moving on to Tevin Coleman, I mean, now that Ito Smith is on injured reserve, Coleman should be back to that kind of workhorse usage. I know there are some names behind him on the depth chart. I, Brian Hill's behind him. I mean, they're names. Uh, they just signed uh, – who did they sign off of their – Jeremy Langford, right? There you go. They signed Jeremy Langford. I knew it was a the ghost I knew it was of a Jeremy ghost. Langford. Yeah, I knew it was a ghost from fantasy seasons past, but I thought for some reason it was Kadeem Carey in my head. I maybe I wished it was Kadeem Carey, but it is. But it is Jeremy Langford. I you're not really worried about either of those guys really coming up and taking his carries. And if we go back and look at last year, what Coleman did whenever Devontae Freeman was out, Devontae Freeman got hurt early in one game and then missed two. And Coleman had 21, 22, and 19 touches in those three games. I think you're kind of back to that against the Carolina team that, I mean, shut down Cam Newton has nothing to play for. I'm not sure how effective he'll be with that work. One of the one of the strong parts of Carolina's team had been their, their run defense. But, I mean, again, low-priced player who we're pretty sure is going to get a lot of touches. That's something you really need to be targeting in DFS, especially here late in the year. Yeah, and he can catch the ball too, which helps as well. Um, you know, the, you talk about Carolina's defense is good. I mean, they're allowing just 79.9 rushing yards per game but I mean Coleman these teams played earlier in the year right after Freeman got hurt and he had 20 touches for 125 yards against them uh like you said just pass uh you got pass work touch volume uh attached to a good offense a good quarterback I mean albeit on the road uh so you just you know you take those those down bullet points of being on the road and maybe some a little better of a run defense uh and you can kind of you know overcompensate those for the price and the the kind of overall volume he's going to get Speaking of, since we were talking about like ranking players this week, how highly are you putting 
Tevin Coleman. Like if you if you had to rank Tevin Coleman and Jamal Williams next to each other, are they are they in kind of like the same range for you? Do you think? I probably like Coleman a little more, just like a, I like his receiving more. I feel like he's got more receiving upside, but I mean they're not terribly far. I can check real fast. I have them. I have them. I believe like right in that. Both of them right in that kind of late late teen area is kind of where I have. Actually, I have Jamal Williams a little bit a little bit higher, but I I. I but they're going to end up right in the same spot, I think. Yeah, I have them at 20, Coleman at 22 and Williams at 24, so a little lower than you, but right, right near each other. Why do you have them that low? That's actually fascinating to me. Uh, I think just look, going down the list of guys here, well, the top 12 are pretty good. The top of running back is pretty good this week. Uh, yep. And then some guys I guess maybe I'm holding on to hope for that I think are uh, in better <laughs> spots probably than you. I think like like I probably I have a guy like Sony Michelle ahead of him still. You probably don't. I Which makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Patriots backs when they're double digit point favorites tend to tend to pop. So I'm kind of on, on faith of those trends, you know, uh, kind of haven't ranked up. I'm not actually looking at my rankings. I'm looking at my projections right now. Uh, and so I, I don't just throw out my projections because that I mean, you have to take in other accounts, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I will. I will move Sony Michelle up. My heart will make Sonny Michelle move higher in my <laughs> rankings than he is currently. Probably not I higher than those guys, that. though, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like, <laughs> like here's here's the thing: James Devlin is the most terrifying man James, in fantasy John football. Coon, John Coon, part uh, two. It is it is terrifying whenever he touches the field for Sonny Michelle. Think of the, how much differently we would think of Sonny Michelle if those three Devlin touchdowns had been Sonny Michelle touchdowns. Oh yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it, it'd it would be, be incredible. Oh. <laughs> no, as I was say, those RB four games that he had turned to RB two games with with just a touchdown. Yeah, and, and more than that because there's two touchdowns <laughs> in one of those games. Yeah, the so Vikings yeah. One, yeah. So, so Sony Michelle is is someone who I think that like when you look at the numbers, you go, all right, well, it hasn't been there. But then you look at the situations and you go, well, there's like there's like a two touchdown hundred yard game in him. Like that's within the realm of possibilities here, assuming that James Devlin does not steal all of our souls all right let's move on to the worksheet we talk about the worksheet every week i say every week you should read the worksheet it makes you a smarter better player go and do that as i said at the top of the show we're gonna and multiple times already i've been teasing it i've been teasing out derrick henry like he's the beatles on ed sullivan so we're gonna talk about <laughs> there's a reference there's a reference for all you 20 year olds the beatles <laughs> and ed sullivan. you know how i you know how I really connect with the millennials, Rich. Um, so, so instead, we're going to talk about Derrick Henry, who's you know he's on an unbelievable hot streak right now. It doesn't look like there's any reason for that to stop this week. And as we've already kind of talked about, he's like he's a top ten play this week, right? Yeah, I believe so. And I don't, I don't think it's just chasing. You know, like a, like last week was was a mix. Yeah, I have really mixed feelings. It was like ooh. This is another really good spot for him. Like, does it go? What? Where does this go? It's either gonna. Go, it was there wasn't gonna be no in between last week. He was either gonna torch the Giants or go back to having like forty yards. And he went back and he torched them. Uh, and, and not only did he torch them, he played a season high seventy percent of the snaps last week. His previous season high was just fifty one percent back in week three. He has fifty one touches now the past two games. He's got a dream spot at home against the Washington defense that's allowed 132 rushing yards per game and 5.2 yards per carry to opposing backfields over their past seven games. The last two weeks, we talk about how ridiculous this has been. He has a league-high 13 runs of of double-digit yardage, 10-plus yards. Guess how many of those runs he had all year before those two weeks? 12. That's it. So, so two weeks, he's, he's basically had a, a better season in two weeks than he had the entire point. Um, he uh, has 91.2% of his yards the past few games to come after contact. 
Uh, that's a league high. He's forced 17 missed tackles the past two weeks. The next high stack is just forced eight. Uh, so here we go. He's just going to have to be uh, accepted as this year's, you know, Eric Ebron, the guy that comes out of the heart of darkness, uh, was unusable for fantasy purposes and is now going to be the top scorer at his position over the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, he is uh, he's following in a long line of Titans who who randomly show up at the end. A long line of, as as you mentioned, a long line of AFC South players who I guess Ebron wasn't AFC South last year, <laughs> but a long line, a long line of uh, of players that just randomly show up in the fantasy playoffs. And if it's working, then you you ride them and you you kind of if they got you there, I mean. Go ahead and ride him and, and see what happens. It also helps, as you mentioned, that this game just sets up perfectly. It just absolutely sets up perfectly for them to keep doing what they've been doing. All right, next up is Chris Carson, who has he's consistently been getting it done on the ground this season, but he also cost six passes last week. I believe that was a career high for him, mm-hmm. if I am if I am correct in thinking that. And I assume that Spike is part of the reason you want to talk about him this week. Yeah, and he's just been you know consistently really good. I mean, he's had a great floor. Yeah. He's an RB2 or better in each of his past five games. He talked about... Uh, the career high six catches last year. He's had 22 and 28 touches the past two weeks. He gets a Chiefs defense that allows the most yardage per game to opposing backfields in the league at 172.1. Their run defense has struggled. They're 31st in rate of runs to go for five or more yards, 29th in rate of runs to go for 10 or more yards. And the reason they can get by with these types of things and the run defense they have is because they typically force teams out of the rushing game. But that's something they surely will be up against forcing Seattle to do. They, Seattle hasn't been uh, abandoned the run. Uh, they lead the league in neutral run script rate at uh, 53.5%. They rank first in run rate while leading at 63.3%. And they rank second in the league in run rate while trailing in games at 42%. So, I mean, the Chiefs can go up in this game and make the, make the Seattle Seahawks chase points. But Seattle's going to keep running their offense in this game. And Chris Carson's a guy that's going to get a lot, get a lot more touches than a typical back would against the Chiefs of Chris Carson's archetype. Yeah, and like we saw last week, even if that for some reason doesn't happen, which you mentioned it, all season they've been willing to stick to this, to what their game plan is. But even for some reason that doesn't happen, we saw last week, especially if Rashad Penny's out, that he can be used in the passing game. So it's not even like you're that scared of that anymore. So so I'm with you there. Finally, let's finish up with Evan Ingram, who rejoined the land of the living the last couple of weeks with Odell Beckham out. He has 11 catches for 152 yards in that span. If Beckham continues to sit, I mean, we have to think of Ingram now as back to being like a surefire tight end one, right? Yeah, if you picked up Derrick Henry and Evan Ingram the last two weeks, you're doing all right. You're making that playoff run. Uh, He's benefited the most from Beckham's absence. I mean, there's no reason for Beckham to come back and play either. I mean, there's really no incentive for the Giants now that they've been knocked out. But he had a season-high 12 targets, which was 27.3% of the team targets a week ago. You talked about he had 77 yards two weeks ago, 75 yards last week, after a season-high of just 67 yards of his first seven games played. Dating back to last year now, Evan Ingram has played 13 games without Beckham. In those games, he's averaging 4.6 catches for 55 yards and eight targets per game, as opposed to just three and a half catches for 38 yards and five and a half targets per game with Beckham in the lineup. He also gets a good matchup. You know, opposing teams target their tight ends 24.2% of the time against the Colts. That's the third highest rate in the league. We saw a guy like Blake Jarwin have a top 10 game in, you know, in PPR formats. So yeah, Evan Ingram is going to be back to being a full-fledged like top six tight end this week again. I mean, it's that position. Let's let's just get done with it. Only tight, so tight end slash wide receiver position. That's that's what I'm for in all leagues now. You could still play the good ones, but 
if you don't ever have to think about Anthony Ferksker again, that will be <laughs> that will be too soon. Thanks as always, Rich. Remember, you can follow Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find the worksheet at rotoworld.com. You should go and read the worksheet at rotoworld.com. And I will be back with Nick Minzio in just a second. So stick around. Listen up, fantasy football fans. You need to try out Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. It's a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no roster management. You set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's absolutely it. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part? You're playing for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft out there for everyone. Come and join me on Draft today. You can download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or you can play on Draft.com, whatever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code ROTOWORLD. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code ROTOWORLD on your first deposit. Just search Draft in the app store or go to Draft.com to get started. And we are back with Nick Minzio, who writes the Start Sit column over at rotoworld.com every week. Should go over there and read that. What's going on, Nick? What's up, man? I uh, got two two teams and championships this week. What about you? Only one. I talked about it a bit with Rich, and I know, you know, hashtag no one cares about your fantasy team, but I, right. lost, a, I lost a dynasty league that was stacked by 0.16, and I can't get it out of my brain, Nick. It's oh, stuck man. there in my brain. I can't. Ugh. I'm, I'm right there with you, dude. That dynasty league, our little dynasty league for Roto World, uh, that lost to Mike Clay really killed me it hurt bad it stings especially because it, it was damian williams inflicted yeah i i was <laughs> i spent all of thursday railing on damian williams on twitter and then he goes completely berserk so it's been that kind of year yeah what are you gonna do but we're going to for those of you still in week 16 i got a i got a one team in there you got two teams in there those of you still in week 16 we have some starts and sits to talk about and we're gonna get started with alshon jeffrey who now has had two good fantasy days in a row, and it sounds like you expect him to make it a third. Yeah, I really like him with Nick Foles um, dating back to last year after Wentz tore his ACL against the Rams. Um, Jeffrey and Foles have played six games together, including the playoffs in that Super Bowl run. Um, five of those six games, he's had 60 yards and or a touchdown. Um, last week, caught all eight of his targets for 160 yards. Plays that deep threat role in this offense. Um, the Texans have just been getting slaughtered by the deep ball lately. Robbie Anderson had seven catches, 96 yards on a touchdown last week. Um, T.Y. Hilton had a huge game the week before that. Antonio Callaway should have a, should have had a much bigger game um, three games ago against the Texans, and Jarvis Landry went over 100 yards that day too. And then the week before that, Corey Davis got loose for a long touchdown. So I really like this spot for Jeffrey, and uh, the Eagles are going to be playing up in pace in this one, and the Texans are also bottom 10 in opponent plays per game. So Everything looks pretty good for Jeffrey with a full at quarterback. Next up is a guy that I really like as well, Robbie Anderson. I had him as my number one wide receiver in the waiver column, just behind you know, Mike Williams' roster to too many for that league. But I had him as number one. Like you mentioned it, last week he had a good game. The week before that, he's had a good game. Sam Darnold is playing well. It finally showed up in the box score last week. And Robbie Anderson has been his number one target. So, I mean, you look at all that and you, you kind of have to jump on the bandwagon this week, right? Yeah, Quincy Inunua still um, didn't play last week either, and he's still out of practice. So I don't, I don't even anticipate him playing this week. Um, so that that settles Anderson as the wide as the wide receiver one for the Jets. Um, the Packers have really struggled against wide receiver ones this year too. They're bottom ten in DVOA against number one receivers. Um, 
Uh, Julio Jones really lit up Jair Alexander a couple weeks ago. The Bears receivers didn't do too much last week, but that's more Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky in that offense. Um, They had the Cardinals three weeks ago against the Packers. They didn't do a whole lot, um, but Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen both combined for 200 yards and both scored touchdowns four weeks ago against the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to play, he says, so I I like this game to be a little more competitive, maybe with the Jets even chasing some points, possibly. Um, Anderson's just soaking up targets, had that huge game last week, just was getting peppered with him in the red zone as well, so he's an awesome play this week, I think. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that one. Over to the dislikes, Matt Breida returned last week dominated the work. I know there was some like debate if whether he would play ahead of Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson made some mistakes, which certainly maybe contributed to that. I said, certainly, maybe. What a, That's good English right there, which perhaps, <laughs> there you go, contributed to that. But you're going to be out on him this week. Why? Yeah, I mean, he played a season high in snap, snap rate last week. Um, had, what, 22 touches, I believe. Um, but he re-injured that ankle again. I don't know how healthy he's going to be. Yep. He's obviously going to play through it. He always does. Um, and then this matchup just doesn't look great on paper. Um, the 49ers implied total of 19.5 is one of the lowest on the slate. Um, the the Bears have allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns of running backs this season, fourth fewest fantasy points, and fourth fewest rushing yards. So the volume could be there, but I don't know if, if that in- ankle thing um, flared up on him. So I could see this being more of a uh, 60-40 split in Brita's favor instead of the 70-30 it was last week. So I'm, I'm just off guys playing the Bears, especially in championship week, man. Yeah, and, and especially Hurt, because we saw that run with Brita. You know, he was really, really good, really, really good, really, really good. And then he had that injury, and he was kept trying to play through it, and we mm-hmm. just saw him progressively deteriorate right in front of our eyes. Missed that week, come back last week's again. Good, but you mentioned it. Aggravates that ankle again. Injured against the Bears. That's not really a great situation, so I agree with you there as well. Finally, we have to talk about James White, who has fallen off considerably as of late, especially since Rex Burkhead came back, which is weird because it's not like Rex Burkhead's getting a lot of you know touches, but uh, you know it's the James Devlin show at this point. But <laughs> like we've seen James, it's I know I, we talked about it earlier. It's sad, but James White's fallen off considerably, and it seems like you expect that to continue. Yeah, he's played forty four percent or fewer of the snaps last three weeks um, since the week eleven bye as well. He's averaging only six point two five targets per game. Before the bye, he was averaging eight and a half or like eight point nine, something like that. Something way way above way above what he's getting right now. Um, this is just a timeshare right now. He's not getting carries, single digit carries in five straight games. Um, not doing anything with his catches either, and those are just getting scaled back as well. He had a huge game against the Bills before the bye, but. Uh, Sony Michelle didn't play that game. Rex Burkhead was still on IR, and it was just him and Cordero Patterson in the backfield. But not expecting that to happen again, especially at home with New England as 12.5-point favorites. They're not going to have to throw the ball if they don't want to. I think this could be a Sony Michelle, um, hopefully not James Devlin scoring touchdowns game. Um, just completely off-white unless it's like a deep PPR league where you just have to re- have to bank on maybe eight points. So I'm, ju- I'm just off him in 12-team leagues, you know. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with you. I the setup for this game really like you mentioned, it's just not in his favor. Big mm-hmm. home favorites against Buffalo. Like it's just it doesn't set up even like even if we thought all right, this, you know, White has been going down, but if we thought that this was a White game cuz I kind of thought it was last week, you could talk yourself into it. Right. But the fact that this is just so so much against him that I'm with you as well. All right. Thanks as always, Nick. Remember, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Minzio. You can follow Rich at Lord Reeves. I am at RM Summerlin. 
Do not forget to rate and review wherever you find the podcast. And we will be back to talk to you next week. We are definitely going to do a podcast next week. It might be a little bit later than it normally is, but we certainly do a podcast next week. And good luck to all of you in your championships this week. <laughs>